Good morning, everyone. Uh, want to welcome everybody that's here and those that are watching via live stream and those that are in the cafe this morning as well. I want to be honest with you. I'm supposed to be laughing, but I'm really wanting to cry. And I mean that. I, I just, um, I'm just so worried about and concerned about our country and what our young people are learning and not learning and um, how biblically illiterate our country is and and people that are sitting in pews every week in church and they absolutely don't know the word of God. And um, so this morning we're going to continue our series entitled Love, Grow, Serve. And last week we started to talk about God helping us to understand as a church how we need to simplify things and be very focused as a church and know what our mission is, know what our vision is, and know what our core values are. And last week, we taught you our mission statement. And so I want to hear, I want to see if you know our mission statement. Well, it's on the screen now, so <laughs> you better know it. But we make disciples that, that's it, love, grow, serve. And last week, we began to unpackage for you the direction of our church that we're going to take. And the first thing we talked about is how do we establish our life? How do we root and establish and ground our life on the foundation of God's word and the foundation of God's love for our life and how critically important it is to be rooted and grounded and established in the love of God that's so deep? Because here's what I've recognized, here's what I've learned over the years, is that if I know the love of God, if I understand, even just a part, because I don't think we're going to truly understand the depth of God's love uh, ever, uh, because we're not God. But if we could understand just a little bit of God's love for our life, the depth, the width, the height, as Paul says, the length of God's love, and that our life would be established in his love, rooted and grounded in his love, that no matter what we go through in our life, no matter what situation we face, no matter what, what decision we need to make in our life, even when we're lying on our deathbed, racked with pain from cancer, and we're just about to be ushered into heaven, we will not turn away from God, but we'll embrace God because we'll recognize we will be totally convinced that God's love is deeper than any situation in my life. That God's love is deeper than any question that I have. That God's love is longer and wider and higher than any situation I'll face in my life. If we can root our life, if we could be totally convinced that God is crazy, madly in love with us, then no matter what goes on in our life, we will be more than conquerors. You see, Romans chapter 8, the context of Romans chapter 8 is the love of God. The very core and center of Romans chapter is this. Because God loves me so much, I can live a conquering life. I can live a life that is on fire for God and do whatever God calls me to do because I'm convinced of the love of God. Can somebody help me out today and say amen? And so we talked about loving God and that if we understand how much God loves us, we love him back. But not only that, but we love 
our brothers and sisters in Christ. We love our enemies even. We love our neighbors because uh, the Bible says that, that these are the two most important commandments that we can embrace in our life. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself, as yourself. That you need to love your neighbor the way you want to be loved. And so we talked about our one groups and how God really gave us three years ago a vision with the number one, that we should be one, as Jesus said in John chapter 17. God, I pray for all those that would believe that they may be one even as we are one. We can't be one by just coming to church on Sunday morning and looking at the back of somebody's head, listening to a person speak to us, but, but we've got to become a community of people that are radically in love with one another. That we've got to become a community of people that, that we would share what we have with each other and we would cry with one another, we would laugh with one another. You know, last night I went to a 75th birthday party for a really great friend of mine. And, and, and to be honest with you, we were, we were in the party and it was a great party. And I said, man, I got to get home because I, I had a house filled with young people. My, my son-in-law and my, my daughter, they run a one group and um, they had it at our house, you know, because they want to mess up our house and then leave us to clean up the mess. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, they cleaned up really well before they left. Uh, but I wanted to go home and hang out with these young people young adults who really care about one another. And I was so deeply moved. I was taking pictures. I was so deeply moved as one of the, the, the people in the, a couple in the one group, they actually are having a baby. And they love each other so much, this group, that they actually had a little party for them and they gave them some gifts. And, and, then, and, and then they got, gathered around them and they began to pray with them. And they began to encourage them. And I thought to myself, this is life. This is the body of Christ at its finest hour. That they, they don't just come to church and hear the sermon, but they put it into practice. And that, that's not just one group, but there are 50 plus groups that are doing the same thing. And the stories that we're hearing about how people are starting to really care about one another in the church. Let's see, I didn't get all the answers. I didn't get all the strategy. But I knew three years ago, God said, I want you to release a group of people. I mean, a lot of people in your church to be gatherers, to gather people together and then, and then bring them together to, to have a meal once a month with one group of people for one year. We called it the One Project, and it went so well after the first year that we kept it going the second and third year. And now we want to go deeper in pouring into our gatherers so that they can recognize that there are other people out there that they can pour into their lives so that we can have an, a huge community of people who just love their neighbor as themselves. And man... When the world sees that happening, they're going to say, man, there's something happening at Bethlehem Assembly of God. I've got to be a part of that. The goodness of the Lord leads people to repentance. The goodness, the love of God flowing through our life leads people into the kingdom of God. Let me, let me just tell you a story. What happened to me this week, I was just absolutely blown away. So I get a phone call from this gentleman, and I don't recognize the name. I, I'm... I'm sorry, I'm just not really great with a lot of names. And so I didn't recognize the name. So, so I had an appointment with him two weeks ago, and, and he just canceled. And um, so the, the following week, and when, when people make an appointment with me, I shift around so many things to make that happen. And I'm not, I'm not pretending like I'm really busy, but I am really busy. <laughs> and, and, and I just make things happen. I shift things around. I have that appointment. And when somebody doesn't come and show up, and I'm waiting for them for an hour, that messes up my whole day. 
So I was a little perturbed about it, you know. So the following week, the guy doesn't show up again. It's a, it, he's supposed to be here at 11, but he doesn't show up until 11.30. And, and I'm telling my, 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 uh, my assistant, I said, listen, if this guy shows up, tell him I'm too busy. Because if he makes me wait a, a half an hour, right, then, you know, the truth of the matter is, is he's got to learn to be on time. So I didn't, I didn't recognize the name. All of a sudden, the guy shows up at 11.30. He's supposed to be at 11 o'clock. And I look up and I go, hi, how are you? What's up? Right? I'm so glad that you came, right? Because I didn't realize that he was a prominent person in the community. And so they're all laughing at me. Pastor Henry's laughing at me. Like, yeah, 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 tough guy you are, right? Yeah, yeah, right. So I actually bring him into my office, and we're sitting down, and he's a prominent man in the community. And, and we're talking, and I knew the Holy Spirit was setting this thing up. And so he, he shared with me some of his needs. And I said to him, I said, man, I am so honored. I'm so honored that, that, that you've come here to me. Uh, I said, do you go to a church? And he said, I go to a certain, it's not a, it's not a Protestant church, not a born-again church, you know, anything like that. But he said, yeah, I go, you know. Blah, blah. I said, and, and have, you, have you asked them as well? Because I don't want to, like, I, I just want to work together with people. And, and he says, no. He says, Reverend, I came to you first. And I came to your church first. Because you guys are known as the most loving church, caring church in the community. Come on, somebody. I thought to myself, man, man, this blows me away. You know, that's what brings people to the foot of the cross. That's what brings people to Jesus is the love that we have for one another. They can see it. They can recognize it. But this morning, I want to talk to you a little bit about growing, growing. And the importance of growing. Peter says that we're to grow. In fact, he says we're to continue to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, you, you, you've come to Christ, but now I want you to continue to grow. You see, we're all on this journey of life. And, and the Bible tells us that we're to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ, that, that, that God foreknew us and he predestined us that we would be like Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I got a long, long way to go. You know what I'm talking about, Peter, right? I mean, we got a long way to go when it comes to being like Jesus, right? You know what I'm talking about, Al, right? We have a long way to go. Because we're all human beings. I don't know about you, but I've got so much more learning to do. I've got so much more growing to go. I've got so much more loving to do. I, I can't believe it. Like, I could come out of church, and I'm thinking, I love, I love people, man. I mean, I, I would do anything for even my enemies. Somebody cuts me off, I'm like, fool, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> right? You know, so, I, you know, God shows me that I've got a lot more loving to do and growing to do than, than I think in my life. And so we're on this lifelong journey. And Peter says we need to continue to grow in two things. Grow in grace and grow in knowledge. 
I mean, if you read the book of Proverbs, you will see that it's all about pursuing wisdom and understanding and knowledge. Solomon says that you are to pursue wisdom and understanding and knowledge even more. You are to love knowledge and wisdom more than silver and gold. Have you ever, have you ever met a rich fool? They won't be rich for long. Come on, somebody. They won't be rich for long. So Solomon says we're to pursue wisdom and knowledge. David says, you want to you know how important God's word is? David says in Psalms 119, he said, I love your word, God. I, I have made it a lamp unto my feet and, and a light unto my path. And, and, and if you really want to be convinced how important God's word is, read the whole Psalm 119 and you'll realize that David is saying there's nothing more important in his life than the word of God gaining knowledge and understanding. So Peter says there's two things that you need to do in your life. You need to grow in grace and in knowledge. Why does he say that we need to grow in grace before we need to grow in knowledge? Because listen, I did a lot of things I see about myself that I don't like. There's a lot of things that I understand about this world that I don't like. There's a lot of things that I see about you that I don't like. But you know what? Grace covers it all. Grace, grace, understanding God's grace in our life. I need to grow in grace, but I also need to grow in knowledge. Because now knowledge becomes powerful. You see, the truth is, so many Christians are actually faltering and failing and falling. And, and they're so confused because they're not growing in knowledge. They don't know what God wants them to do in their life. So, so let me tell you that growing doesn't come automatic. You don't just, you don't just take your Bible and put it under your head at night and by osmosis somehow that the Bible is just going to go into your head. But, but knowledge and growing takes work. It takes discipline. The Bible tells us that we're to be disciplined people. And, and it takes time. It takes a lifetime. And so here we are today and and, and we've really, as a church, we, we've decided that we've got to really call people back to being educated in the word. That, that this is going to be one of the most important priorities of our church. That we need people to love in small groups and one groups and to gather together and, and, and love each other in community. But we also need to learn together. We need to have Grow University. And Grow University is going to be our learning arm of the church where we're going to gather people together so we can go deep in the word together. You remember when you were a young person? I don't know how many of you, but do you remember when we had Sunday school? Sunday school. Sunday school. I used to hate to go to Sunday school. <laughs> My mother made me go to Sunday school. How about you? Your mother made you go, right? My mother used to say, you don't get up and you don't go to Sunday school. I'll break your legs. My mother was this big, man. My brother Frankie was really big. He was six. God bless him. He's in heaven now. But, but he was like six, four, almost 300 pounds, you know. And my mother would look up at that boy and say, you don't go to church, I'll kill you. <laughs> he was in church for at least a while, you know. He gave his life to the Lord before he, he went on to be with Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something. 
It was an amazing thing. No matter where Frankie went, no matter where I went, no matter where my brother went, no matter where my sister, no matter what we were doing, because my mother made sure as a young person that I had the word of God in me, I couldn't get away from it. I tried. I tried to get away from God. I tried to get away from the word. I didn't want to hear it because I knew it would convict me. But you see, when you put the word of God inside of somebody, it's just always there. The word of God is always there to convict us. The word of God is always there to speak to us. The word of God is always there to lead us back. But if we don't have it in us, if the word of God's not in us, as the Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go so that when they're old, they will not depart from the faith. You know what it means in the Hebrew to train up a child? It means to etch it, etch it, etch it in them, etch it in them. So it's so a part of who they are that they can't get away from it. It'll speak to them. How many of you in this room, there was a time in your life that you kind of drifted away from the Lord? Let me see your hands. And how many of you would say, because the word of God was there, it kept on convincing you and convicting you and drawing you back to God? Come on, let me see your hands. It's the word. It's the word. And so we, we really commit, committed ourselves as a staff that we're going to be in the word, you know, and, and I'm, I, I, listen, I, I, I go over to young people all the time and I say, are you praying? Are you reading the word? Ah, don't, no, 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 no. Don't give me any excuses. You need to be praying and you need to be reading the word. I've made a commitment to the Lord that I will never go to sleep, never, ever go to sleep without reading his word, ever. I told God, give me insomnia if I have not read your word, God, because I promise you that I will read your word every single day. Because God's word is alive and God's word can change our life. It can guide us and direct us, but we've got to be educated. So, so I've got a couple of great friends with me today, some of the pastors here today, and um, we're going to just ask them a couple of questions and have a conversation today that's going to lead us to make a commitment in our life today. So uh, Vinny, uh, we started Grow University and, and it's, it's all about teaching people the word. And why are you excited about that? And why is it important for us to go back to being very disciplined in God's word? Well, I think it's really important because everybody has a theology. Uh, whether you study theology or not, you have a way in which you understand who God is, how he interacts with us, what he expects from us. And based on those things is how you live your life. The problem is a lot of our theologies are not based on what the scriptures actually say. They're based on what other people tell us. And so until you can study the word and study what God actually says to us about himself, we're just going on, on hearsay. That doesn't even hold up in court, right? This is what somebody else said to me about God. And so this is how I live my life. But really, we need to study the word, go deep into it, and understand what God has revealed about himself to us. And once we do that, it'll give us a closer theology uh, to biblical theology. It'll help us live our lives according to what the Bible actually says versus what people think it says or people tell us that it says. Okay, so Vinny, you said theology is the study of God. Theo, mm -hmm. theos, right, is God. Yep. And ology is the study of God. And you're really smart, dude. <laughs> so... And, and what you really said to kind of flesh that out is that 
people are learning a lot of things, even from pastors. They're sitting in churches and they're trusting that the pastor knows what he's talking about, that the pastor has rightly divided God's word and given them a balanced diet. But if they don't know the word well enough, they don't know God because God and the word are one, right? And so if they don't have a right theology or a right understanding of God, when things happen in their life, what's going to happen? What do you think will happen? They're just left to their own understanding. They're left to their own understanding about God, right? They have an expectation that God will deal with this thing in this way, but that's not actually biblical. And so you're actually believing a lie. Amen. Amen. Pastor Henry, so, you know, I mean, I know that you're, you're passionate about teaching people the word. One of the, one of the reasons why I embraced you on the staff is because I remember uh, really interviewing you and you said, Pastor Steve, I have a passion that people will grow up grow up in the word. I mean, and, you know, and you, you're, pretty, you're pretty blunt with people. I, I love you. I, I mean, you could tell people, you're going to hell. You could tell, you, you could tell, you could tell people they're ugly and they'll go, I love you, Pastor Henry. I love you. You know? But what, what I really love about you, Pastor Henry, is you say it like it is because you're so concerned that people are not growing up. And what would be the consequence of people not growing up in the Word? I think if we, as Christians, if we don't grow up in the world, our life is basically destroyed. I, I come out of uh, Africa, and I came out of a civil war, and the thing that took me through the war was the Word of God. Knowing the Word of God, knowing how to apply the Word of God to every situation, every disappointment, every heartache, every death, everything that came across your path, the Word of God has an answer to every single thing that you'll walk through. But knowing the Word is not just good enough. Knowing how to apply that Word in the midst of very real-life situations will either make you or break you. And there's mm. so many people that, that are going through storms, that are going through whether it's relationships, whether it's kids, whether it's different things, jobs, money, whatever it is. And they know the Word, but they don't know how to actually apply that Word to that situation and remain in peace and joy and long-suffering and all the other stuff. And, and if you don't know how to apply it, your life is crushed. Mm. And so that's why we are so passionate about learning, not just coming to church to get entertained, but coming to church to learn something. We said, if you don't leave here knowing how to apply something, you've wasted your time. Mm. Because you can go to any church and dance and hip, show you, shake your hips and everything else, but if you don't know the words, you're not going to be shaking your hips. When, <laughs> you're not going to be shaking your hips when the storms come in your life. You'll be crying. Amen. Amen. You know, Pastor Henry, I really wonder if people really know the word. I think they hear the word. And, you know, just coming to church on Sunday morning and, and hearing a sermon for half an hour, if I'm preaching an hour and a half, whatever it may be. But, but even that, I, I don't think people know the word. I think they hear the word. But knowing the word is being serious about studying the word. Uh, you said something in the first service, Franklin. You said that People ought to study the word and so that they can rightly divide the word of truth, right? So, so we have people constantly, all of us have people that come to us, whether they're young people or even married couples. Why do you suppose so many married couples fail? Why do you, why do you suppose marriages fail, Pastor Henry? Well, I think one of the reasons is either one or both parties stop applying and practicing the principles. One of the hardest things about marriage is that God has called you to do what you're supposed to do, regardless of what the other person is doing. 
And that's so hard because it's so foreign to what the rest of the world is doing. The rest of the world says, if you love me 50%, I'll love you 50%. If you drop down to 40%, I'm going to get ticked off of you. I'm going to drop to 35%. Mm-hmm. But in the Christian marriage, you bring 100% to the table. And, I, and, and that's why the Bible says, husbands, love your wife like Christ loved the church, not like she loves you back. And so in Christian circles that you have to be able to apply the word and your motivation is because I'm so in love with Jesus, that's why I'm going to be a better husband. That's why I'm going to be a better wife. That's why I'm going to be a better employee. Whatever it is, son, daughter, whatever it is, my motivation is not you. My motivation is my love for Christ. And that comes from studying the word. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think that... That's right. I think that, you know... Jesus says that we're to build our life on the rock, right? The wise man built his life on the rock, right? So most people think that what it's talking about is God, right? Build our life on God or our faith in God. But in that context, it's not talking about building our life on God, this, this, this theology that we don't even really understand. What Jesus is saying is, is the wise man knows God's word, and then applies God's word in their life so that when the storms come, they'll be able to stand. And I believe a lot of marriages fail because the husband or wife are not diligent students of God's word. And because they don't understand God's word, they didn't hide God's word. You know, David said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I would not sin against you. He's not talking about coming to church once a week. He's not even just talking about just casually, you know. He's talking about systematically studying God's word and hiding it, meditating. Notice how many times David says, I meditate on your word. I study your word. I I learn your word, right? So knowing God's word is setting up a foundation in our life so that when when the storm comes in our life when the storm comes of financial difficulty we'll know what the word of God says it'll speak to us when sickness comes we'll know what to do because the word of God speaks to us at that very moment we can't start learning the word when we're in the middle of a flood right when we're in the middle of our house being torn apart we've got to know the word well enough so that that foundation is there because Jesus said storms going to come in every life And I think marriages fall apart because we're not building our life solidly on God's word. So when there is a problem, we react to the problem, not based on God's word, but based on our feelings, based on our emotions. And people, they sit in my office and they say, Pastor Steve, this is what we're going to do. And I go, do you know what the word of God says about that? It doesn't matter because at that point, they've already made decisions based on day by day by day, not knowing God's word and hiding it in their hearts, you know? And those are the people who say, just go home, do what you want. Next person. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, so Tony, he's tough. He's tough. (laughs) Tony, so, you know, we started this process several years ago, foundations, right? And there's some people that are here and some people are watching via live stream and they're like foundations class foundations class is for baby christians you know i'm 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 more mature than that and and i know the word i've been in church for a long time right so going to church doesn't make you a hamburger a a christian as much as going to mcdonald's makes you a hamburger right so you could sit in church all you want but until you really get the word in you so some people they're thinking why would i even want to go to foundations class you, you had an awesome experience going through the foundations class because w- what I decided is that I, as a pastor is that I decided that I'm going to give myself 
to pouring into people as soon as they come into the church, no matter who they are. They could have come from another church. And I'll be honest with you, I'm surprised at what people bring to Bethlehem after they've come from another church. And I'm like, where is that in the scripture, right? Um, but, but we've decided that everyone starts at the foundations process, no matter who they are. And we've had pastors going through foundations class. So you had quite an experience. Tell us a little bit about that experience. I sure did. Um, I came to Bethlehem at the end of 2011. Uh, and when I got to Bethlehem, I was already an ordained pastor. Uh, I was a pastor in a different organization. I was an assistant pastor at a local church. And I was a regional youth pastor over 11 churches. And the Lord told me and my wife that we were in a time of transition. And I didn't know where I was going. And I wasn't planning on coming to Bethlehem. Uh, even less was I planning on actually being a pastor here. But the Lord sent us here. And uh, when I knew that the Holy Spirit confirmed that we were to stay here, I asked Pastor Steve permission. I said, you know, I would like to stay under your covering uh, because I believe in authority and I believe in, in, in covering. I believe that our God is a God of order. Somebody say amen. amen. And I, I said, Pastor Steve, the only thing that I ask is that you allow me to serve here. And Pastor Steve said, I will allow you to serve. I want you to serve in foundations class. I want you to take the foundations class and then serve as a table coach. And Pastor Steve will, will, will explain what a table coach is a little later. And I took the class and I served there three sessions, three different times. And every time I took it, I was blessed. Every time I took it, I heard the word of God and I heard explained to me the things that I knew that I believed, but also explained why we believed them. And it made me more secure in my faith, even though I had already gone to Bible Institute and I had a certificate and I was an ordained pastor. It gave me a renewed ability to be able to defend my faith, to protect my heart and my mind from the things that you're going to hear in this world. And so when I think about foundations class, and I hear that some people say, well, you know, I've been in church for 20 years. With all due respect to, to all of you and to anyone who's watching via live stream, I and other pastors have taken this class and we've been blessed. So don't dismiss this class just because you've been in church for many years. And one thing that I'll say about learning the word is the gospel of Matthew is so powerful because Matthew was a tax collector. He was one of the least likely people that you would think would become a proclaimer of the gospel. But as he writes through the Gospel of Matthew, he's writing, he's citing Scripture the whole time. He was able, because he knew the Old Testament Scriptures, he was able to, as he wrote, prove that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. It's so important that we know what the Bible says because people have good intentions. You know, people will say, well, you know, the Bible says that God helps those who help themselves. But no, it doesn't. It doesn't say that anywhere in my Bible, and it doesn't say it in yours, but people with good intentions will often try to quote something out of context or misquote scripture or completely get, get, get it wrong in the first place. You, you know, we said that theology is what? It's the study of God. So what if somebody comes to you and says, well, then biology is the study of shopping? It's not, is it? And so we need to know what we're talking about. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Did you get that? Biology. It's still sleeping. Hey, so Franklin, you've been a Christian for about five years, and right now you're studying for ministry. You almost have your credentials for ministry, and that's awesome. Um, but tell us a little bit about, you know, you came to the church five years ago. You were kind of broken, um, didn't realize, you know, how much you needed the word in your life. But you've been on a journey for five years now, and uh, you've been a part of Foundations class. And 
tell everybody why it's so important. Because one of the things that I'm really impressed about you is in the last five years, you've grown so much in God's word. I, I stalk you on Facebook, right? I watch and I see what you're doing because you're always sending things out on Facebook. You're the Facebook pastor, you know, you've got this large group of people that are now following you on Facebook. And I'm always so blessed at the depth of your knowledge and understanding of God's word. So tell, if, if you could say anything to these folks and those that are watching in the cafe and live stream, why is it so essential for us to be students of the word? Not just pastors, but every person, whether they ever become a pastor or not, why is it essential for them to be an avid student of God's word? Thank you, Pastor Steve. Well, the truth of the matter is, I believe that we all have a fool in us that God wants to turn into a wisdom man. As the Bible says, that we are a fool when we're not in the things of God. And the truth of the matter is for me and my family, because I do believe that you make the decision for your family and those people around you. We were perishing because we didn't know the word of God. I was the man of the house, and I didn't know how to lead my house. How could I take a child into the ways of the Lord when I don't even know the ways of the Lord? Jesus Christ said, I am the way, and I am the truth. And I am the truth. And the truth of the matter is that we were not growing in the grace and in the knowledge of God. We were growing in the things of the world, the things that the world was injecting into our DNA, which as a result of that was changing the legacy of a family that was going to be destroyed eventually because the, the knowledge and the wisdom of the world doesn't provide anything for us. Mm. As the Bible says in Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, that we ought to do our best to show ourselves approved to God, a worker who does not, is not a chamber who correctly handles the word of truth. And I used to listen to that scripture, and I always wonder, what do you mean do my best to show myself approved to God? If you, the only way you're going to show yourself approved to God is by correctly dividing, by correctly handling the word of truth. How can I correctly handle the word of truth when I have never opened the Bible and I have studied it? How am I going to understand what God wants to do in my life when his word is already spoken? The Bible is the spoken word of God as Jesus Christ, as John tells us in John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and he became flesh, and he dwelt among us. He left us the manual for us to be able to have him for the rest of our lives. And, uh, and there was such a blessing coming to Bethlehem and uh, going through the foundations process and Pastor Steve pouring on us for 10 weeks and then going into the men's ministering Mike Bodica and his team pouring on me as a man how can it how can I be a man of God without being in the things of God amen you said rightly dividing the word of truth amen amen it's awesome you said rightly dividing the word of truth and the truth of the matter is is there's a lot of people going to churches and I'm going to be honest with you they're not getting a balanced diet they're getting just one thing, one thing, one thing, you know? And the Bible says that we are to balance out the Word of God. One of the things that I'm very passionate about is balance, that everything in life is about balance. And the Bible says too much honey is no good. And so we, we have some pastors in, in America that are preaching the prosperity message alone, alone. That's it. I mean, every time you hear them, they're just preaching one message, one message, one message. Listen, anything preached, one message, that, that one message, that one topic is an imbalance. If I preach to you every single Sunday morning, God is love, God is love, God is love, God is love, but I've never taught you that God is holy, God is righteous, you're going to go to hell. 
because you're not going to recognize that God is also a holy, righteous God that demands a payment, right? So you've got to understand that it's critically important that you are a student of the word so that you can rightly divide the word of truth so that you can get a balanced diet in your life so that you're not just hearing one word, one topic. Because you will go to churches where it's just one topic, one word, and they're just going to hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it. And too much of a good thing, one thing, is not a good thing. It's imbalanced. And so we've got to learn how to rightly divide the word of truth. Now, so what we've actually done at Bethlehem Assembly of God through Grow University, that, that happens every Wednesday night, and we're beginning, we're launching Grow University this Wednesday evening. You want to come out to that. We all meet in the sanctuary together. We worship God for 15 minutes, and then we go to our class on Wednesday night. And I am challenging you to make it a priority in your life to grow, to love, to grow. And then we're going to talk about serving next week. Love, grow, serve. We make disciples that love, grow, serve. But we have actually put in place classes so that we can take you on a process. Why? Because we're all in the process of discipleship. I learned a long time ago that every person is on a journey. Some people are pre-Christians. We're believing that one day they will come to know Christ as their Savior. But when they become Christians, then they're baby Christians. And you know, a baby, they're really cute. I mean, I love my granddaughter. I think she's the, she is the best-looking granddaughter in the whole wide world, right? Come on, Vinny. Is that true or not? Man, come on. Because she looks like my daughter. Don't forget that. You want to see a picture? Um, she's awesome. My granddaughter brings me so much joy in my life. But there comes a point when she gets grumpy and grouchy, and if she doesn't get her way, she doesn't like me anymore. No. Give me a kiss. No. Because she's immature. She's beautiful, but she's immature. She doesn't understand the whole concept of giving to others and sharing. I mean, yeah, she's got it a little bit, but you know what? She's still in that mode, that self-preservation, what I want, I need, in my, what I want right now. And if she doesn't get it, she doesn't like you anymore. So every believer has to go from a pre-Christian to becoming a baby Christian to an adolescent Christian to, listen to me, a mature Christian. And a mature Christian is shown, their lives are shown by being Christ-centered. And a mature Christian, when they're Christ-centered, they're others-focused. Come on, somebody say amen. So I get people that come to the church and say, you don't feed me anymore. Pastor Steve, you don't feed me anymore. And I say, go feed yourself. <laughs> See, because you should be at the point in your life now where you can feed yourself the Word of God. You understand the Word. You've grown in the Word. And you're able to feed other people. You know, there's a, there's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 5 where the writer of Hebrews says, by now... You should be teaching others. But we need to go back around and teach you the basic fundamentals of the truth and give you milk again because you're not mature enough to take care of yourself and take care of other people. God forbid that we should be in that place in our life. I remember when I gave my life to the Lord, Vinny. I was 19 years old. I gave my life to the Lord. And um, I, I was so passionate about learning the word. Why? Because I didn't want to be the, that self-centered, immature Christian. I wanted to be a person that could give back to other people. How many of you want to give back to other people and disciple other people? Come on. You know what I'm talking about, right? So, Vinny, tell us a little bit. We've got a couple of tracks. We want everyone to start at the foundation track. No matter who they are, no matter how long they've been in the church, 
We want them all to start there because there's a process and we're, we're actually helping them put a good foundation on. And maybe, like in ter- Tony's case, he had that foundation, but he wanted to shore up that foundation and make it even stronger in his life as a pastor. And that's what he did. But tell us a little bit. We've got foundations. And, uh, and Tony, you're going to tell us a little bit about deeper and wider and shape. Uh, but then after they go through the foundations process, they can go to a class. It's called apologetics. Some people think when we say apologetics, we're going to teach people how to say they're sorry that they're Christians, right? But that's not what apologetics means. So tell us what it means and why we need an, a class on apologetics. So uh, apologetics is the defense uh, of Christianity. And so you will... Uh, surely encounter skeptics to Christianity who say it's not true. And so we want to understand what their arguments are and how to defend Christianity against them. Uh, everything, the Bible says everything was created through Christ. And so that means logic as well. And so when people come to you with logical uh, fallacies and saying, hey, this doesn't make sense, it's illogical. Uh, no, it, it does make sense. There are answers, but most Christians don't have those answers. And so we want to get ourselves ready to answer questions of people who doubt and are skeptical about what we believe because we do believe that it is truth and all truth comes from God and it, and it is real. Uh, and so, I mean, I grew up in a culture where it was, how do I know that the Bible is really God's word? And it was by faith. And that's great, but um, that's not what the Bible means by faith. The Bible means by faith, uh, faith based on evidence of what has happened in the past, not bury your head in the sand and ignore people's problems with what you believe. And so um, there are evidences for the resurrection that we can point to, but unfortunately, most Christians don't know them because we haven't looked into the historical context. And so that's a lot of what apologetics will get into. They'll get into um, the questions that that atheists or skeptics will have, agnostics will have about Christianity, how to answer those, how to be sure and, and strengthen your own faith and say, this does make sense. This isn't just me believing something because my parents told me so, but it actually is the truth. And it does so uh, both by looking at you know, philosophical reasons, but also historical reasons of why this actually happened. Yeah, so when I was 19 years old, I gave my life to the Lord, and I was on fire. I mean, I loved God, and I was singing and dancing and, and, and even reading the Word. But I went, to, I went to a secular college when I was 19 years old, and my professor said that the Bible's not true, it's not reliable, it's not accurate. And at that moment, I, I didn't know what to do. I was like stunned. I was like, what? I thought it was. Until I had to do my own research, until I had to go to an apologetics class, an apologetics book called uh, More Than a Carpenter, and then uh, Evidence That Demands a, a Verdict, and on and on, and, 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 and shore up my faith so that when uh, uh, a, a professor at a college would make these statements, I would be able to go, no, that's not true. You see, the sad fact is, is 86% of young people who leave our churches and go to secular colleges walk away from God. That's a problem. Did you hear me? Did you hear what I just said? That's a huge problem. You know why? Because we're not teaching them the truth, and we're not teaching them how to defend their faith. We're not giving them the resources. We're not giving them the tools to say, no, this is what facts say about the Bible. This is what facts say about the resurrection. This is what facts say about the historicity of Christ. And so this is a phenomenal class for not just young people, for all of us, so that we'll be ready to defend our faith. I remember when I first gave my life to the Lord, and I didn't know the word well enough, and those people came knocking on my door. You know what they look like. They've got black suits on and a black case. 
and they're smiling. And they knock on your door, and they have been indoctrinated in pieces of the Bible, not all of the Bible. You see, they have not learned how to rightly divide the word of truth. And so someone can indoctrinate. You see, the Bible is a very powerful book, but it can also be a very dangerous book used in the wrong hands. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so these people are indoctrinated and they knocked on my door and they, they wanted to talk to me. And believe me, I didn't know the word like I did back then, like I do now. And man, I got, some, I got confused and I said, I need to go study the word so when they come back, I will be able to defend my faith and know what I believe. Now when they come, I say, come on in. Let's have a cup of coffee. And they have to go get their supervisor. You know what I'm talking about. I'll be back in a little while. They never come back. You know what I'm talking about. See, we need to be able to defend our faith, but not, not only defend our faith, but be able to give them truth because they're not our enemies. They're the ones that God has called, and they're coming to our door, and they're coming to try to give us what they believe is truth, and we got to be able to turn the tables and give them the truth. Come on, somebody. Let me hear you say amen. So now, uh, Pastor Tony, foundations... Then after foundations, and we do that for 10 weeks, it's awesome. And we have tables, and we have table coaches. And there's some people in this room right now that, that are mature in the Lord, and they need to help us to become table coaches. But we have tables, and people get to know each other. We're, we're talking about the Word together. We have a big celebration at the end. Um, and then there's the deeper and wider class and the shaper class. And we started the deeper and wider class because we wanted people to go deeper. We wanted the people to say, hey, this is foundation. Now we want you to go deeper in four disciplines in your life. So we take them through the disciplines of prayer. We take them through the disciplines of the word, the, 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 the disciplines of community, and the disciplines of giving, a life of giving and service, right? And then the, 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 the wide part is we teach people how to share their faith with other people, right? Because it's so important for them to, we, to, for us to create a culture, of reaching other people and bringing them, because that's what we've been called to do, right? Why, why is it important, that class? And then how do we take that class and go, and why is it important to go to the next class? Talk about deeper and wider into shape. Yeah. Um, it's, it's great to get together on a Sunday morning. This is a wonderful experience. Um, but this ex experience in and of itself is not going to lead us to become mature Christians. And so we talk about the disciplines that we do need. We talk about your daily devotion time, how you need time with God. We talk about prayer, uh, what prayer really is, right? Uh, God is not Santa Claus. So why are we giving him our Christmas wish, wish list, right? You know, I tell people all the time, you, you know, to, to, be, uh, uh, to be consistent in prayer, to be specific in prayer, right? The, the, my wife prayed. She said, God, send me a man that's strong, good-looking, intelligent. <laughs> and God blessed her twice over with my two sons. And, and then and we talk about the principle of giving, the fact that God gave first and why we give and what it is, what, what, is, what are tithes and offerings and, and the need for fellowship, the need to be in each other's life. And we've started to encourage people to launch into one groups out of this class. And then we talk about sharing your faith. And a lot of what we talked about during Contagious Christianity, we cover in this class as well. And then from this class, they go into the shape class. 
In the shape class, you're able to, to discover what your passions are, what are your talents. Each and every one of us has a natural gift. Each and every one of us has a talent, and each and every one of us has a unique story and a unique testimony. When you place it into the hands of Christ, it's going to be powerful to influence, affect, and transform your community. Amen. So what happens is we, we, we guide people through foundations, deeper and wider, and then shape. And then after that, they, they're able to go into whatever classes, the apologetics class. We've got a, a men's class and a woman's class. And let me tell you, the men's class, Michael Modica is so passionate about pouring into men. And they're doing a, a whole uh, curriculum called weapons curriculum, which is fabulous for men. I, I've, I've seen, I mean, you went through the men's process. I've seen guys come out of the men's class uh, after a couple of semesters, and these guys know the word. I mean, they're really challenged. And the goal is to help them to know how to be a man of God, how to be a godly husband, how to be a godly father. And it's just amazing how that all kind of comes together. And then the women's class, awesome class, same principle, how to be a woman of God, how to be a wife that's a godly wife, and how to be uh, a woman of God that understands her family and how to be a godly mother. But we also have the, the adult Bible class, which I am so thankful for. Uh, a couple of years ago, I really was praying and I was saying, people really need to get educated in the word. And God showed me that there was a team, a dynamic team of two people that we put together to do that. And so we put Pastor Henry, who's an awesome teacher, with uh, Jay Farkas. And Jay Farkas is a theologian. He really is. I mean, he's a scholar, theologian. He knows the word. And his passion is to make sure people understand the context of the word, make sure that people understand the background of the word, and make sure that people understand the, the, the richness, the depth of God's word. And then Pastor Henry comes alongside as the pastor who tells it like it is. And so he tells us the context of it. Pastor Henry says, come on, look at me right now. Come on, look at me. And if you don't do this, you're going to hell. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, but actually, these guys are so dynamic together that the truth is they balance each other out so well, and they are teaching every book of the Bible. And I'm going to tell you, what I really love about Pastor Henry is he takes verse by verse, and he helps us to apply it to our life. That's what makes what he does so powerful. He's a great teacher who takes the word and helps us to apply it one verse at a time. Tell us, Pastor Henry, what you're going to be teaching this semester and why that is so critically important. The Bible says we should make disciples. And, and guys, we've lived, if you've lived long enough, you realize that every home, the storms come against your home. Whether you're married, single, whatever it may be. And if you don't know the word, the Bible says you should know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you don't know the word, we, we go one step further and say you should know the truth. And the truth that you know that you practice will set you free. You can't keep fooling yourselves. If you don't practice the knowledge that you're given, it doesn't work. And so what we, Jay and I do, we, we take a book of the Bible, and we're, right now we're taking First Peter, and we're going verse by verse, chapter by chapter, so that you hear the word, you get the context of the word, you get the, the application of the word, and then you go home and practice it. Right. Guys, if we don't awesome. practice it, it doesn't work. And, and therefore, we keep getting frustrated and we keep getting things. And the Bible tells us you shall know the truth. Knowing is not good enough. You have to apply the truth and then apply it with patience. Oh, pastor, I applied it two weeks ago. 
well, you took, a, you took five years to mess up your life. Give God two and a half years to turn it around. Do, do you understand? So there's going to be some patience mm. with some truth and some love that, and sustainability that allows you to continue to walk in. So it's verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Now we, not only is it in English, but it's also in Spanish. Pastor Hector will be teaching the same book in Spanish so that you can learn it verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and apply it in Spanish as much as in English. So what, what the Holy Spirit actually showed us is that through the love part of people gathering together in one groups and through knowledge and through the heart of serving one another, we take it all together, we put it all together, and now in one groups we're holding each other accountable and encouraging one another and helping one another because I can't help him unless I know the word. How can I encourage him if I'm shallow in the word? Those one groups are only as strong as the word, right? So if I know the word now and I'm learning the word and I learned on Wednesday night that Pastor Henry said this in Bible study and man, my brother's you know, really struggling or whatever, I can text him and say, hey man, this is what, Pastor, this is what the word of God says, but whatever, you know? So everything fits together. Love, loving communities, growing together, serving together with one another. Amen? So I'm, I, you know, and, and, and Pastor Henry, I'm, I'm so believing that this sanctuary is going to be filled with people on Wednesday night. We, we've, we've left the sanctuary open for the Bible study because we're really believing that this place is going to be filled, packed with people who have the same passion to come on Sunday morning to hear the word, have that same passion now on Wednesday to learn the word and to apply it. Yeah. And we want to encourage you, don't come to the Bible study until you've done the prerequisite courses because it, it's a building block. Right. It's a building yeah. block. So get into foundations first, deep and wide, and then go to any of the uh, electives, but do it systematically. Then you'll know how to apply it systematically. Otherwise, you'll get frustrated. Amen. I want you to take out your Bibles right now, whether they're in book form or in phone form, whatever it is. I want you to take your Bible out right now. And I want you to take your Bible and I want you to put it on your heart. And let's pray. Father, we know that there will come a time in this country where people will be persecuted greatly for their faith. Lord. It's already happening, God. Lord, it, it breaks my heart to think, Lord, even... This week, as I was in Washington, D.C., in the Capitol, on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, and we were not allowed to have a meeting and talk about the Bible without a special permit, and we weren't even allowed to do it in the Lincoln Memorial itself, Lord. And I thought to myself, how far have we come Lord, I recognize, Lord Jesus, that there's coming a great time of persecution in, in this country, Lord, towards Christians. And Lord, I wonder if they told us that we could not read our Bibles, if we could not have Bibles any longer, could we really, really live the life that you've called us to live without the Bible, Lord God, without knowing the Bible in advance, Lord? Lord, I thank you that David said, I have hidden your word in my heart, not I've kept my Bible on my night table, but hidden it in my heart that I would not sin against thee. God, there's coming a point, Lord God, where Christians will have to stand up for what they truly understand and believe, oh God. And so, Lord, we take your word and we hide it in our heart today.
God, we pray that you would help us today to make a, a commitment. We vow to you, Lord, that we will be students of your word, God. That, Lord, that we will be on this life journey forever, God. Lord, raise us up, Lord, and help us, Lord, not only to be students, but to be teachers of your word, God. God, I thank you for that, Father, and I pray that this Wednesday night the church would be filled with people, Lord God, who have a passion for your word, God. The church would be filled with people who say, yes, I need to get back into the word. I need to get back into studying God's word, Father. We pray for the teachers and the leaders, oh God, that you bless them and give them the wisdom that they need to teach us, Lord, your word, God. And we thank you, Father, for your word. We love it, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Before you leave today, I'd like for you to go on your phone. And if you don't know how to do this, for whatever reason, you might not have this. But we have what's called the Bethlehem app. And we want you to go on the Bethlehem app right now. Just go right on Wi-Fi and go on to the Bethlehem app. And when you go into the Bethlehem app, you will see that it says what, what's happening. Press the what's happening button. When you press the what's happening button, you'll see Grow University. I want you to press on Grow University. Just press on it and you will see all the classes that we offer. We're encouraging you to go to the foundations class first. That would be your first stop. If you have gone through that process, then we're encouraging you, you choose. You choose the midweek Bible study, the study in the word, going through the books of the Bible. You don't have to go through it and without, you know, you could, next semester you could choose another class or the men's class, the woman's class, the Spanish class, or the apologetics class. But let's all get back into the word. I want to encourage you right now to pull out your phone and sign up for one of these classes right online right now. See, if you leave the church and you say, you know, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to pray about it. You're not going to do it. See, there's certain things that you don't have to pray about. When your lead pastor tells you we're getting back into the word, you don't have to pray about it. Did I tell you anything that's unbiblical? No. You don't have to think about it. You have to be a doer of the word. You have to put it into action. So I want to encourage you to sign up right now. If you don't know how to sign up, there will be people in the back, some of the teachers in the back, some helpers, and they will help you. They'll have an iPad. You tell them what class you want to be a part of, and they will sign you up on that app this morning. Let's all stand together. Would you sing with me real quick? And Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Come on, raise your hand and sing. And Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, 
pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. We're going to sing it one more time. Before we sing it, I want you to say, Lord, help me to love your word. Help me to study your word. Help me to stay in the process to be everything you want me to be so I can one day teach others your great word. I surrender. I commit to being a living sanctuary in Jesus' name. Come on, sing it one more time. And Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Now, if you came this morning and you're not sure that if you died today, you would go to heaven, I want you to know that God loves you with an everlasting love. And he sent his son into the world to take your sin upon himself so you might have eternal life. And maybe today you need God in your life. I'm going to invite the counselors to come or you need special prayer for anything today. You want to talk to a counselor about knowing God? Or you need special prayer? Right now, I'm going to invite you to come forward so that you can be prayed for. Everyone else, just remember this one thing. God has a plan for your life. And it's... Have a great day. God bless you. We love you.